We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome along to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Bet Online and the FFPC. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. As always, joined by one of the best minds in the fantasy industry, is Mr. Sean Siegel. Sean, we are getting more news that the the season is going to happen, so that's good for fantasy football. Um, things looking positive from that angle. Um, lots of um, interesting stuff going on around the league, and um, obviously that leads us to having lots to talk about on today's show. We're going to dive into one of your pieces you do every year the top 200 from a dynasty's perspective and looking forward to diving into the tiers that you have set up in that one today so as we start off all the shows sean how are you doing today good had a chance to talk with nathan on the dynasty trade cast last night going through some different dynasty questions looking at uh, some different scenarios depending on how the season pans out and Obviously, some very positive and some very negative things still going on in terms of how that might occur. So Nathan and I talked a little bit of that, and we're excited to get into a a dynasty-heavy show today. We're into the redraft time period 
for fantasy right now but that also means a lot of dynasty startups we have sort of the second wave of dynasty startups now as we get into training camp that first wave obviously right after the nfl draft and now another great time to to start up a dynasty league if you prefer to own those players for multiple seasons and perhaps especially in this season where there's some uncertainty go ahead and and do a, a dynasty startup along with your redraft leagues it'll be a lot of fun you won't have to worry about that league being canceled for good because obviously you'd be playing for many many years and that kind of leads us into today's ffpc stat attack looking at one of those intriguing guys we'll talk about him here when we look at the dynasty tiers in the top 200 but that's going to be Nicole hardman obviously of the Super Bowl defending champion Kansas City Chiefs. Last year, Hardman gained 538 yards and scored six touchdowns on only 26 receptions. His 400, his 48.7 fantasy points, not 400, but 48.7 fantasy points over expectation ranks number eight among rookies in the last 20 years. When you go in and look in the road of his screen, you find out that those seven players above him uh, comprise a, a who's who of superstars. Interestingly enough, uh, if you haven't had a chance to check out Blair Andrews' most recent wrong read, uh, he has some cool stats in there like he always does. He talks about how players who score at least 100 points while playing their entire rookie season at age 21 and who don't miss their entire second season with injury, and we certainly don't hope that doesn't happen for Hardman, those guys go on to average a win rate above 10%. So one of the things that Blair is, is doing in this article is, is looking at the change in volume, the change in targets and target share for wide receivers based on both experience and age. And the thing he's seeing here, those guys who are super young, score at least 100 points, they tend to be undervalued in that next season. There's only one guy who meets both of those criteria entering 2020 and that is Hardman currently being drafted at wide receiver 44. You can probably guess we're going to have him a little bit above that in our rankings. Yeah, and the FFPC stat attack brought to you by the FFPC, the home of the best fantasy football leagues and contests in the industry, including Dynasty Best Ball and, of course, the world-famous FFPC main event. To learn more or to join the league today, head on over to myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. And, of course, as always, check out those tools up on the road of his website specifically for FFPC domination. Sean, we're going to jump straight in to the top 200 and dynasty we're looking here from a super super flex and tight end premium uh, perspective getting those tiers uh, to get you ready for any startups that you have got going on also you know even for trades and things like that obviously good to dive in to see where some players might be overvalued or undervalued in certain uh, aspects uh, where you could possibly make those deals happen also so i guess sean when we look at it the, the breakdown of your uh, tiers what's uh, some of the process for the listeners if they're interested in doing their own tiers where where do you start with the process well we're looking obviously at production and then age and sort of the intersection of those two things we talked on the show quite a bit throughout the season and, and last year at how we want to have guys who are young that the research continues to show the players produce earlier than perhaps it's intuitive for dynasty owners even with dynasty owners and i think having this uh, reputation at least compared to redraft that they're always going for the young guys that's definitely the right move and in fact in many cases you may need to have these guys even earlier you want to be able to play them and then trade them when their trade value is still at that peak level where you can get a lot back continue to 
rebuild and reload constantly with your team keep that championship window always open we want to be in the playoffs every year give ourselves a chance to win titles every single season you get that luck in week 14 15 16 you got to be there to take advantage of it you never know what's going to happen if you get into the playoffs that's the way that you win the most titles now for this particular exercise we are looking at super flex we are looking at tight end premium uh, we talked about this a little bit uh in the spring, these two elements of the format are getting more and more popular. I had some requests through the Roadviz email asking to go into this in a little more detail. And, and we like to give what the what the readers and what the listeners are interested in. So this is going to be super flex and tight end premium. And that brings us to tier one, where I've added a couple more players to Christian McCaffrey, who, were, who was all alone at the top. Uh, back in the spring those guys not surprisingly are patrick mahomes and lamar jackson uh colin we've debated mccaffrey versus mahomes before what do you think about having jackson in this tier as well i think having him in the tier based on his age as well is, is very fair um if it was me personally i would be looking to go for one of the first two but if you're you know a pick three i think uh, in super flex formats jackson is uh you know the pick to go with next and a lot of that based obviously on the production he can have on the ground which you know i think if we can see anything like what we've seen last year over the next two or three years you know will be a historic pace for what he did in 2019 so i think based on that makes a lot of sense when you're looking at the the priority of the scoring here to have quarterbacks at the top end of that tier and uh jackson for his rushing ability and you know i, I think we'll see a little bit of an improvement moving forward as well and the passing ability that he has um and we'll see that you know add into more points obviously as he as he gets older here but i think it's a very fair tier um the interesting thing as well sean you know you mentioned there with uh, tight, i think superflex is you know everyone knows superflex and i think tight end premium is something that like if you're playing the ffpc you know it uh, if you're playing in some tight end premium leagues you'll know it but it is something that i think is going to creep really much into the mainstream over the next you know three or four years and i think it was on the episode with scott fish we talked about how some of the steps that they did you know in, in that time and him and ryan mcdowell talking about different formats helped superflex jump into the the kind of mainstream uh, i think we're going to see it somewhere because obviously so many people playing in the scott fish bowl and that being a key over the last couple of years with the tight ends I think that'll probably filter through then into other leagues so i think um it's going to be interesting moving forward i think we'll see a lot more tight end premium in those formats when we move on sean to the second here again it is running back and quarterback filled and there's only two names in tier two and that's kyler murray and saquon barkley um again i think very very fair tier in terms of when you're setting up the second tier you know putting two names into a tier where is it a clear cut two or like obviously we have tier three then who i might pull in together with this with the sean watson alvin kamara michael thomas alvin cook Dak prescott and george kittle are these guys much clear above that tier three um or how how was that decision made to to split them into two separate tiers well i think barkley is clear right and previously he and lamar jackson were that second tier I moved Jackson up and then Murray into this group with Barkley. And I think that's the more controversial pick there. Murray, we're still looking at a situation where he could go either way. Had a good rookie season. Didn't perhaps have that Patrick Mahomes season right off the bat. Now, the difference there, Mahomes sat for a year where Murray was expected to play right away. I think that the second year breakout that we talk about a lot, where we see those first round quarterbacks take a huge leap in the second season and then you combine that with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins. I think that Hopkins is still sort of weirdly undervalued 
as both a reality player and within the fantasy community. Now, Bill O'Brien might tell you the opposite. You know, we don't necessarily have access to what's going on behind the scenes and if he, in fact, is a troublemaker uh, within the team. But in terms of what he's done on the field, looking at this for a different article uh, that I was working on yesterday, talking about, you know, how many players could, in fact, be the wide receiver one in 2020, I wanted to see just how much a variation we'd had over the last five years in terms of the guys at the top. And if you look at the top 20 results for the last five years in terms of total points at the wide receiver position, we have 13 different players, right? So we're, we're getting a good mix there. Hopkins and Antonio Brown are the only guys with three appearances and there are four different leaders in terms of the number one wide receiver in that five years. And Hopkins was the only guy who was there twice, right? So any way that you look at it, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins has been utterly dominant. He is, so often we hear about this decision in terms of who the best wide receiver is in the NFL between Michael Thomas, who had a historic season last year and is a very good guy uh, to win that argument, or Julio Jones, who puts up these insane yardage numbers every year and has been there for a decade. And so, you know, you can't go wrong with either one of those guys. But DeAndre Hopkins should also be in that mix. And we now have him in Arizona with this team that has Larry Fitzgerald, this team that has Christian Kirk as, I think, a very undervalued potential breakout player. The thing that you're hoping for is that Murray stays healthy with his legs, is able to add a little bit more. He wasn't able to do that down the stretch last season. But the stars are really aligning for him to have just a monster year. And if you're in a super flex league, that's exactly what you want. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I, I find it interesting because a lot of the the positives to have for Murray are probably based around DeAndre Hopkins and the person in tier three who I think could possibly have switched places with him if we were doing this, let's say, six months ago or just before whenever that trade happened is Deshaun Watson. So he's the he's losing out in that trade, you know, and then Murray's winning it. And that puts uh, a change in the tier there as well. Um, out of that tier three sean any other players that you wanted to highlight specifically out, out of that list you mentioned michael thomas i know you're uh, a big fan of dalvin cook any of those other guys that you wanted to highlight well cook is someone i'm a little bit higher on in the consensus which it isn't necessarily saying much i mean people like him he's a first round pick if he gets into training camp he's going to rise back into that top five george kittle the other player who moves into this elite tier due to the tight end premium maybe a little bit of a question still about volume in san francisco but when you're talking about a guy who's an absolute superstar and is not up in that you know 29 30 31 range you know like you have for zach Ertz and travis kelsey kittle is the guy right i mean he is the person to build that team around in tight end premium you want to go with that position first he's he's the star he could I think jump forward and have sort of a Travis Kelsey plus season at some point. We wouldn't expect that from him every year, but if, if we're talking about, okay, a year from now, who's going to be the guy who had a historic season at tight end to match what Thomas did to match what McCaffrey did in 2019, Kittle is almost certainly the guy that you're looking at there. Of course, Kelsey's still in the mix to have at least one more of those before he retires. The tricky part is just that once you get into the age he is even with the production even with the offensive system there the quarterback patrick mahomes any little hiccup is really going to destroy his trade value and we probably want to stay away from that quite this early 
Before we jump into the second half of the show, I want to let you know about our friends over at betonline.ag. Sports are coming back and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, features and prop bets to get bets on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds and seven-time NBA champ Robert Horry. Uh, see what they had to say and what it's like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag today for all the odds and get up-to-date sports news. Remember to use the code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That is all one word, the code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. I'm Dave Cabin, host of the RotoViz Fantasy Football Podcast. I wanted to take a moment to thank you for supporting RotoViz Radio. We love producing these shows, and we hope that you love listening to them. As a thank you, loyal podcast listeners can get 10% off of a one-year Rotoviz subscription by using the promo code 2020RVRADIO at checkout. We have some of the very best tools, articles, and analysts in the business and can't wait to lead you on the path to greatness. If you haven't done so yet, do us a favor and take a minute to rate and review this podcast. Thanks again for listening. Now let's get into the show. Sean, it's interesting you mentioned there about uh, George Kittle, obviously. You know, it's really a clear def- definitive. Obviously, people will be taking Kittle as a tight end one in some redraft or season-long leagues, but you will see with these rankings where you have the, the future, the dynasty mindset uh, with that thinking cap in terms of when we get into Tier 4, um, we're going to see Mark Andrews in there, who's obviously second um, overall in your tiers as, as terms of tight ends go. Uh, Tyreek Hill also there, Chris Godwin, AJ Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, who you mentioned earlier, DJ Moore, Russell Wilson. I think when we're looking at these four tiers so far, there's really not any players that you're going to be too dissatisfied with picking up on the rosters. Um, tier four, Sean, we, we have hit DeAndre Hopkins already. Who would be uh, the other preferred option, I guess we'll say, out of that tier four? The tricky thing here is it comes down to how inexpensively you can get these guys. Now, A.J. Brown, D.J. Moore, for reasons to do with their offense, they still may be a year away from getting into that sort of redraft first round conversation, but I think that they will get there. You look at what they've done to this point, you look at their sort of age experience versus production trajectories, and those guys are just so excited. Partly, they're players we've been on at Rotoviz, and anytime that you hit, you want to see those guys keep growing. Uh, You're very emotionally invested. You have a lot of ownership. But those are players who, if you take them this year at this point and are willing to be a little bit patient, then that should pay huge dividends down the road. Andrew is something, somebody I'm adding in as many of my leagues as possible. And then even with a little bit more risk surrounding him, I think Russell Wilson is still a very interesting quarterback for the Superflex. Uh, if they go with a little bit more pace this season, we could see some big numbers from Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. So I think all of those guys there, DeAndre Hopkins, the one who is a little bit older that I've included here, but again, because he really is just still undervalued in terms of what he brings to the table. I think there's a chance that this air raid offense scores so many points, plays at such a pace that their passing attempts jump this season and get him back into that real rarefied air for volume that makes him that uh, wide receiver one 
for the season. Otherwise, we're looking at, at some of the younger guys in this group. Colin, then as we move into tier five, we're looking at this mix between the very young and then some established stars. So we're looking at CD Lamb, the top rookie wide receiver, Clyde Edwards Alaire, the top running back, Devontae Adams, who uh, probably is the favorite or at least number two in terms of what people are expecting for target share from wide receivers in 2020. Then we have Juju Smith-Schuster looking to bounce back. Ezekiel Elliott trying to hold on for at least another year, if not a couple more, as that top five running back. Miles Sanders looking to jump from the R1, R2 turn up to the top five in terms of where he's going in most leagues. And then we have Jonathan Taylor, who's taken quite a spill from early in the season, but still someone who has really this sort of generational talent. So if he can catch a few passes in this offense, if he can keep from fumbling, the upside still gigantic for him. Looking at this, do you have a preference for any of the particular guys here? Do you think Adams and Elliott are too low? Who do you like among the younger players? I think with Adams and Elliott, probably, um, you know, in terms of where they're going is probably fair. And I think that's based on how, you know, as veterans and what age they are and how much they're into their nfl career you know with the running back there's gonna be that shorter window elliot has played a number of years so i think it's pretty fair where he's going there adams is somebody who has consistently caught touchdowns the problem with adams and i, I do have dynasty shares and i'm obviously a packers fan love Devontae adams concussions are something i've mentioned on the show a number of times that do concern me and adams has had his fair share uh, and even above his fair share of concussions over the last couple of years so um as much as i want to see a long career for adams that's something when i'm in playing dynasty that does concern me and sometimes uh just that you know we, we talk about injury history and i think you have to put that in because as the way the nfl has evolved it's become more and more to the fore uh, the player that i would be picking up in this tier that i really like at this point is juju smith schuster obviously down year last year still extremely young up until last year pretty much was breaking every record for a player up to that age in the nfl uh, and i think that we can see that to, you know I, I think people are not writing him off but i think they're forgetting about just how productive he was at such a young age and obviously the quarterback play that they had this year or last year sorry big ben's coming back might not be at his peak might not be as good as he once was but i think there's there's definitely um, a huge bounce back coming here for juju smith schuster the other player in this tier that i really do like obviously we like jonathan taylor but i still think that like you mentioned it might be a you know a 2021 when we see him really explode onto the scene and get that full workload for himself i think uh miles sanders is the one in this tier at the running back that's primed to put himself into that next tier uh, or even a couple of tiers above heading into next season i think like you mentioned with um like you mentioned with kelsey something like elliot having you know a down season we can see that running back value fall down very quick i think miles sanders is early enough in his career and his stock is high enough at the minute that even with a medium uh to average season i think people will still be buying that next season could be a, a big breakout even though i expect that to happen in 2020 so i think when you're looking at dynasty you're looking at the value increasing or at least holding um i think that uh, both juju and uh, miles sanders are the the upside plays in this tier but also the the smart holds as well in case anything did happen would you agree with that or would you have a, a more preferred candidate in this area 
I, I like Sanders a lot for what he brings athletically and what he brings in terms of profile. You're going to get those touchdowns. You're going to get the receptions. We saw him break up a lot of big plays in the passing game last year. So uh, that's really the whole package that you're looking for from a running back. That's what you have to have if a guy is going to vault into the top five. And if you don't have that upside, then you simply want to look to either a different player or certainly a different position. You can't afford to spend at the running back position where you have such a, a short lifespan compared to some other positions you can't afford to spend for anybody who doesn't have a huge ceiling. I made a move for Sanders and traded away DJ Moore uh, with some uh, future draft picks to balance that out a little bit in a league where I was a little bit stronger at wide receiver than I was at running back. Again, I think a reason to you know, have that wide receiver firepower, you can make some of those trades. It may seem like, okay, well, Sanders has this earlier ADP in redraft. He's going to be somebody who, even with how young he is, that people are going to really be trying to hold on to there for that this 2020 season. But those early wide receivers, they just have so much value. So we want to stockpile them, make some moves with them when we need to. Sanders, the type of guy I think you could go for there. Now, tier six, this is, a, I think, maybe the most fun tier and it's loaded with those young wide receivers who are going to be the foundation of your team in the future. They can break out and have a, a huge seasons for you this year. A lot of fun to watch, a lot of fun to own. And we're talking about guys like Terry McLaurin, Calvin Ridley, DJ Chark, Debo Samuel, Cortland Sutton, DK Metcalf. And then joining them in this tier, we have some mid-career wide receivers with Stefan Diggs, Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay, and then the big superstar tight end in Travis Kelsey. I think, Sean, you, you mentioned there would have been a fun tier. I was just going to say, like, this so far is the tier where pretty much any player in this tier that if I was in a draft spot, I would be pretty, <laughs> I'd be happy to pick up any of these guys. And the advantage is, too, because it's tier six, you're going to probably in your drafts have a possibility to pick up two of these guys because there's, uh, you know, quite a number of names in there. So if you can pick up two of them, really build that core that you mentioned some of the more veteran guys and Stefan Diggs and Mike Evans, Travis Kelsey. I think that those are all fine picks. I think I would be aiming as well towards those younger guys, though, and a McLaurin or Ridley, uh, DJ Chark, um, you know, Metcalf as well. They would be my preferred names out of it, but I would be happy to, to pick up pretty much any of them if I was ranking them uh, in terms of those those guys that I mentioned who I'd be going for. It'd probably be Ridley, Chark, McLaurin, and then Metcalf. But I'm a little bit lower on Metcalf than, than some people, even though I think he's going to have a really good season. We will be talking about him a little bit more on Thursday's episode of the podcast. Uh, in terms of the veterans as well, you know, Mike Evans has been extremely consistent throughout his career. Um, you know, not always the, the flashiest, but gets the job done on a, a weekly basis in terms of yards and then touchdowns as well to go along with it. And we talked about Diggs, I think it was last week on the show. And we have the expectation that things are going to work out for him in Buffalo this season. So, when you get to this tier, uh, are you looking at those those younger guys, Sean? If, if it became the veteran and the younger guy available, I think I would be leaning towards those younger guys unless uh, unless something changed here. Yeah, so I think one of the things that you are going to see here is that the older players are actually gone, right? So Mike Evans, Kenny, Kenny Galladay, who despite his uh, still fairly early in his progression from an experience standpoint, his age already getting up quite a little bit older than some of the rest of these guys travis kelsey especially in tight end premium kelsey is going to be gone those owners who are competing for the now uh, they obviously have him up there he's going to score a lot of points 
2020. So then you're left with some of these young guys. And like you said, one of the things that is great about this tier and sort of how it intersects with tier seven in a second is that you can prioritize these guys and get multiple players. Anytime you're going through a dynasty startup, I think you want to get at least two from that McLaurin, Ridley, Chark, uh, Samuel, Sutton range, ideally three. And right now with the injury to Debo and how that affects things, even in a dynasty league, you've got that I mean, this is still a high leverage pick, right? So people aren't necessarily going to be going out and trying to acquire Debo Samuel, both from the fact that he still is someone who needs to make that next step to show that he is a true wide receiver one, wide receiver two type of player, but people don't want to give up that first month of the season. And so uh, he's somebody that I'm continuing to add. And I think that if you get three guys from this tier, then your team is really set up with a situation where that trade value is going to grow and grow over the next couple of years. You contrast that with some of the guys we're looking at here in tier seven who are usually going to go higher. That includes Julio Jones, J.K. Dobbins, Jalen Rager, Josh Allen, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, Zach Ertz in there with the tight end premium. What we see here is that I do have this sort of second tier of running backs running backs who perhaps aren't going to generate quite as much for you in terms of the passing game or guys who are a little bit older and moving them down below that young wide receiver tier. So looking at those guys, is there a running back in that group that you would prefer to have over those wide receivers? Not not out of that group. Um, You know, I think that the, I think it's a situation that like you mentioned those guys will be going at the same time or possibly even ahead of some of those guys that we've mentioned in tier six and I think that's what's going to lead to uh you know possibly two or possibly even as you mentioned three of those guys falling into a spot where you can draft them um and I would be going and, and stockpiling those as I mentioned you know like like a Joe Mixon uh you know I I don't think it's going to happen with Elliot but say like a Joe Mixon has a down year in 2020 that value is going to drop quite considerably and very quickly um I think Nick Chubb's young enough that he probably would um, edge ahead and not not have to worry about that. But there is obviously concerns already with Chubb and the amount of passing game work he gets. Austin Eckler is probably going to get his first run this season as a, a full every down back, and that has obviously cost uh, him with a, a much higher value in terms of what people are looking to get from. You know, when when it was two years ago and we were looking at him as a, a zero RB candidate, it was a much different situation in terms of acquiring him. I think now we're at the max, and I think depending on how this season goes i don't think his value is probably going to get any higher than it currently is uh, Aaron jones last year in green bay contract uh, might get come his way but it might not might be on a different roster there's a lot of question marks around those running backs that are in this uh, tier so i think getting those young wide receivers at this point would be what i'd be doing both for the upside of 2020 and also the upside of the value in the next two to three years as well with them so I could see myself ending up with a couple of those guys uh, in tier six, missing out on pretty much all the guys here in tier seven. Um, the one in the list, I suppose, if I was having to go for one of them that you mentioned there in this tier would be Dobbins, and that's due to the the the, the age and also the, the possible upside uh, moving forward. But I'd have concerns about those veteran running backs. 
Yeah, and Dobbins is the guy listed in the article at the target. And that's not that I have him ahead of the rest of those guys in Tier 7, but merely that based on price, he's going to be the guy in Tier 7 who perhaps is still available when we get to that level. I agree with you on the concerns for those guys. Joe Mixon is someone who came into the league very young, so still very young, and perhaps could weather another down season. But you think about what he did in the first half last year and looking at what happens if that happens in the second half of a season as opposed to the first half, then his trade value just falls through the floor, right? So if you were to flip his season and basically give him the exact same season, but have the weakness of it occur in the second half, then he's worth almost nothing. And so we want to be aware of that. Certainly Austin Eckler, one of our very favorite players, but if he struggles at all, as the clear starter then again i mean his value just collapses you can't afford to have that risk on your team at those prices we want to stay away from some of those types of guys moving into tier eight we have an interesting mix we have a little bit of a deeper tier here we have judy robinson uh, devin singletary hawkinson really the guy who benefits from the tight end premium moves up into this tier with a lot of exciting wide receivers and running backs acres brandon Ayuk, the player who maybe Uh, raises some eyebrows in terms of him being included in this tier i think the situation there in san francisco uh, gives him the chance to have a couple of big games early as a first round draft pick if Ayuk were to come out and have a couple of those games like mclaurin had to start the season last year then his value again shoots through the roof we want to make sure we're positioned to take advantage of things that might happen to really dramatically change trade value for some of these guys derrick henry maybe a little bit more of a risk cooper cup uh, the safe player who and we've talked about has some hidden upside amari cooper josh jacobs evan ingram deandre swift justin jefferson joe burrow and tyler boyd so burrow someone probably you can't get in a super flex unless you have him ranked higher than this the guys who are going to fall to you uh, based on adp we're looking at some players like singletary hawkinson Ayuk uh, as being the main targets uh, Cullum, are there other players in this group that you think will still be available or perhaps uh, some particular person that you're really avoiding? It all depends just on how that draft is obviously progressing. Um, a number of players that are in this tier that I would like, you know, have interest in. Alan Robinson, I'm always a, a big fan of his. Hawkinson is somebody who, in the tight end premium format, I think over uh, this season, like, you know, we know how week one started from last year and, and it didn't always live up to what happened the rest of the season. But, you know, this, this is a, a very, very talented athletic tight end. And I think the tight ends are in a mix now where there's some of those kind of younger guys and then there's a lot of kind of guys getting older into that veteran category and we've seen it with kettle uh, a couple of years ago come in and then he's you know built on that over the last two two or three seasons and we see him now as you have him here in your you know the top ranked tight end in these tiers and i think hawkinson out of those young tight ends that is in the league now uh, over the last say two or three seasons getting drafted i think he's probably the one that you could see really taking the the leap and pushing himself into that uh, very very top echelon of uh, the tight end position um, still a lot of uncertainty there but i think if you're looking for upside i think there's a lot of upside with him uh cup as you mentioned pretty safe cooper is pretty safe and has those big weeks but obviously there's some lean weeks in there as well so they're they're players that i like in this tier and and boyd obviously another player who fits into that kind of cooper cup rather safe role that will get you touchdowns as well um but maybe doesn't have that very 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 top end of the season and both of those guys getting older as well so we're look we're starting to look where the the receivers are falling maybe because of their production being you know not at the very very top end and also that they're getting a slight bit older and i think that's fair for the likes of robinson cup 
Boyd and Cooper in this tier but I'd be, I'd be happy to have any of those guys still on my roster and uh, if I was going for upside um, in terms of the tight end I, I would definitely be going for, for Hawkinson as well in there. Um, is there any other names Sean that, that stand out or was there any of those players that I mentioned that you might might disagree with? No I, I would agree with where you were there. I think that the name that pops out to me in terms of being controversial from this tier is having Josh Jacobs quite this low and Jacobs a guy where he had a very solid rookie season we tend to think in terms of these running backs now potentially having the chance for a secondary breakout in year two and the real question with jacobs comes down to that receiving ability you look at what they did what they did in the nfl draft and adding all of those different receiving weapons including lynn bowden who has the chance to be this elite third down space back uh, even really a three down back if something should happen to Jacobs you add those wide receivers they added they now have a much fuller receiving group and it would look like his receiving options or his ability to really carve out a much larger target share uh, has been reduced and at the same time this is the year where we would expect him to start to catch more passes and the reports out of Las Vegas suggest that that is the intention for him so certainly if he's able to either sort of well basically he's able to thwart my expectations if he's able to do what perhaps the Raiders want him to do and become that big uh three down back not just in terms of being on the field but but definitely having that pass catching role then he will easily outperform this tier we obviously we're we're only down as far as tier nine there is uh 18 tiers uh or sorry 16 tiers in the, the whole article so we're not going to run through the whole lot we'll obviously leave the rest for the listeners to jump on and look into them on the website and i think sean i'm sure you'll agree as well you, you obviously can set up that really top tier talent and those first kind of eight or nine tiers but when you're looking then it's filling out that roster that second part uh you know when you're looking through that tier nine to tier 16 is, is so vital to actually turning that team into a contender i think the focus a lot of the time will be on those top end but i think the the information you've put in here from 9 through 16 will will really help turn the the listeners and the readers teams from possible good teams after after 10 rounds of a draft into into superstar teams with a a chance to win it all at the end of the season um, come the end of the draft and hopefully when you use the tiers within the context of your draft you're able to sort of balance out the positions when you get a little bit of that top end at running back we talk on the show frequently about the value of those wide receivers so sometimes when you see those running backs up there in the top tier uh, that raises uh, some eyebrows in terms of kind of what the roster construction can be but if we could get one elite running back and then build the rest from there we have so much flexibility now that doesn't mean that if you get boxed out of those top guys that you should reach we talked about miles sanders in a very positive way on the other hand where he fit in the tiers probably not a spot where you're going to get him don't chase the points right well we want to put together a team that is loaded with wide receiver depth that has the quarterbacks and the tight ends that you need to attack a format to where those players are much more important than they are otherwise and as we go down through tier 9 through tier 16 then continuing to try and stack in the types of players who will not only perform for you this year but will maintain or grow their trade value because that's how you're going to build this absolute dynasty you're going to be owning the types of guys who not only score but hold their value better 
and create scenarios in which the total trade value for your team increases. And, and that's one of the ways I think that you can really use these tiers to your advantage, making sure that you have the right balance of positions on your team and you're getting the future trade value necessary for your team to continue to grow in value as opposed to only be competitive for the first couple of seasons. Absolutely. Uh, really good stuff there and uh, really good running through those opening tiers. I would urge the listeners to head on over and you know if you are in any drafts or even if you're thinking about where does Sean rank such and such a player uh, and his tiers that you're thinking about maybe making a move for or maybe trading uh, away, uh, you can head on over and jump onto the website rotaviz.com and check out those. It is Sean's top 200 dynasty assets heading into the rest of the season, I guess, for, for here on and uh, as we move forward as dynasty uh, being evergreen. I, I highly recommend you go check that out. If you are a subscriber to the website, obviously you can get access instantly. If you're not, you can also get yourself a 10% discount to a Rotoviz one-year subscription using the code 2020RVRadio at checkout or going to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for further information. As always, leave us a written review on your favorite podcast app. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Get it once it comes out both on tuesday and thursday two shows every week and uh, i hope you are enjoying the content uh, it's it's a really appreciated for all those feedbacks and reviews that you leave on the different podcast feeds much appreciated until we're back with thursday show my name's colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over and as always check out sean's great work up on rotaviz.com and until we're back then have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.